Welcome to the Property Management Show, a podcast brought to you by Four and Half Marketing Agency for Property Managers. Back in November, we published an episode on property management marketing, but specifically attracting tenants. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing our very own John Bykowski to discuss changes and big changes within owner marketing, how property managers can keep up with the times and get attracted by more property owners. John, thank you so much for making time for the Property Management Show today. We are so excited to have you as our guest. I'm happy to be here, happy and excited. I feel like Lucy finally getting on Ricky's show. <laughs> I, don't not, I do not get that reference, but mm-hmm. let's keep going. Okay. <laughs> well, the reason that we have you on the show today is because you are the CEO of Four and Half. You've been in owner marketing for the property management industry for nine years or over nine years. And so we kind of wanted to talk to you about how it's changed over, you know, how many years. Mm -hmm. And so to start things off, um, do you mind sharing with our audience kind of like what owner marketing looked like when you got started in the industry in 2012? Sure. So when I got started, internet marketing was not really a thing. Everybody had a homepage and a lot of them were just homepages. Basically they were like a a placeholder or a calling card uh, or a glorified um, a, a glorified yellow pages full page ad uh, for their companies with the addition of maybe uh, some vacancy and stuff like that and a lot of people would be getting their websites from their property management software uh, uh, company like getting it from Appfolio, getting it from Propertyware. A number of people still do but it was much more prevalent then uh, and people were still kind of in the very old school mode of spending money on yellow pages advertisements, both on paper still in the, in the physical copy and online and, um, and still doing spending money on out of home, uh, sorry, out of home, meaning uh, billboards, uh, uh, bus seats, uh, stuff like that, possibly even radio or um, uh, radio or television. If you had the money or if you had the ability to get in and, and be on people's shows and something like that, the internet was not really used that much when we started. And we had a hard time uh, explaining to people. When I went to my first uh, NARPM national, uh, 2012 was uh, Washington DC. We went uh, there to Washington and we had to explain. It's like, no, no, yeah, no, you can get business off the internet. Because we had, a, of course, there were some people that understood this, but there were a large number of people at that time that it hadn't even occurred to them that somebody might be doing it that way. And so, um, you know, like from there, like how did you guys get so much adoption? Because now that's almost unthinkable for someone to not believe that you can get business from the internet. So can you walk us through kind of like how the industry started adopting this new way of thinking about owner marketing? Well, a lot is also because the world at large changed as well. So much more of of the world went online. Um, Think of, if you think of just, just since 2012 to today, YouTube was around, sure, and people might go there to watch a video or two, but it's not like they'd spend their afternoon or their evening clicking from one YouTube video or another. People didn't do that. There was no, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I'd like That would be the only really online streaming that there was. I don't think Netflix had started streaming yet. I could be wrong about 2012? that. 2012? 2012. Yeah. Even if they were, it wasn't super popular yet. Right. And remember, when they first did it, it was as a free add-on 
to if you got the CD. I think sorry, you did, DVDs. but it was very new. It was very new at that time because I'm trying to look back. I'm thinking freshman year of college, definitely watching Netflix streaming, but mm-hmm. it was very new and you were still able to get the, which I think you still do get the DVDs. I still get the DVDs, yes. But it was very new. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so nowadays people spend so much more of their lives online and get so much more information online that it's just, I don't ever run into somebody that's like, why would I advertise on the internet? And just, and that's, that's, it's a complete 180 uh, for them to go that way. And the number of ways that you can advertise has also gotten bigger, more sophisticated. Uh, when we started, uh, what we were doing at the time was something new and special. The, um, uh, the uh, content marketing, the videos, like I said, people weren't watching videos all the time. People were just starting to get the idea. It's like, oh my, I want to know how to change the battery in my car. Oh, maybe I could go to, uh, to YouTube and check that out. Mm-hmm. So uh, in addition to content marketing, we only had two other things that we we're doing. We were doing social media marketing, um, which is what it wasn't even called that then. We were just posting on uh, Twitter and Facebook. I don't think Google, we may have been posting on Google at the beginning, but it really wasn't much. It wasn't really a thing then either. Google um, Plus. Mm-hmm. Google Plus. It may <laughs> have been called, it may have even been not even called Google Plus yet. And then we were doing reputation management. But the Google reputation, Circle. I think it was called Google Circle or something at some point. It could be. I mean, and there was another one that they, I forget what they called it, but they, their, their answer to Facebook or LinkedIn had some really weird name. They phased that one out as well. It was, it, it was always just sort of a tech, uh, uh, tech demo. Um, but the reputation management that we were doing was simply we were teaching people how to respond to reviews. There was no automated system or stuff like that. Um, and for that matter, at the time, Yelp was king, definitely. R- Google really wasn't doing anything yet. And Yelp still wasn't really nationwide. There were areas um, like... Uh, uh, like Florida, for instance, that the adoption of Yelp had not really taken place yet. And what little review ability you had on Google, which in other places nobody even looked at, was important there. Nowadays, of course, it swung to where uh, Yelp was very important. And now Google is, the Google stars are more important than the Yelp ones are now. And hopefully, knock on wood, it continues in that direction. Um, but that was pretty much it, right? I mean, you could do banner ads, but even, I mean, banner ads had come, they were huge in the, uh, in the, in the early 2000s, through the 2000s, and then by 2010, people were knowing that nobody was clicking on banners. That it just it wasn't yeah. doing that, and pop-ups weren't working, and, and they hadn't gotten the sophisticated way of really using the internet. Think of it this way, like, like a pop-up or a banner, all it is is an online version of the ads in magazines and on the street that you're used to. They hadn't learned how to leverage things to, uh, um, to take advantage of the data that they were gathering on people. So what about now? So how, have, how has it gotten better? What's changed? What's um, most valuable? So one of the things that we've seen, uh, taking one thing out, is AdWords started as nobody was using it, and so you could get in really, really cheap and have and have it be effective. To the point now where so many people are are using it, and they've designed it. It's it's an auction site. It's so expensive. It is, and just the price goes up and up and up and up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing, and Google doesn't want 
the price to stop going up. That's how they make their money. That's the, the foundation of the entire Google empire is the, is the clicks on AdWords. What, so I have a question for you, actually, because mm-hmm. I feel like early on when we were doing AdWords, a lot of our clients were in the Bay Area, right, mm-hmm. where, where we are physically located. That's where most of our team lives. Back then, do you have any recollection of what the cost per click was for the Bay Area? I'm just asking because Logan literally yesterday was doing some research for a prospect on what their Google ads budget would be. And for their target area, which is in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. it was $65 a click for yeah. one of I the think, keywords. I think early on, it was like two bucks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, there were areas that that got the $2 clicks for a number of years afterwards, the smaller markets would have it, but then it's just, it's just Google made it easy to use and they design it in such a way as the only way to win is to put more money in. Mm -hmm. So companies like ours are going to do what we can to make sure that you're not wasting money really. And especially in the case of of property management, we still see this to this day. A property manager will go with some generic AdWords company. They don't understand the difference between tenant and owner clicks, and then your budget is gone on tenant mm-hmm. clicks. And that, and you didn't want, you didn't need it. Um, silly things like that. So part of that is just to make sure that you're not wasting your money. Some areas you can still see a return on your investment. Remember, getting a contract with the lifetime customer value that a lot of places have you know, that sweet spot where the price for AdWords isn't too high yet, but the uh, uh, customer lifetime value is high enough, it still can be worthwhile. But back in the day, if you were advertising on on AdWords, whoo, yeah, that was just a sweet for, deal. It's just a sweet deal. Which it can still work now, but it's just more expensive. So yeah. what about what about some of the other channels and going into what's working? Sure. I, one of the things that, it, the, the overall thing that, that is worth saying is once upon a time, you could go and you could do something online. It was, it was like a magic bullet, right? I'm going to do this and I'm going to get a bunch of leads. Um, hitting reputation hard used to do that. Content marketing, videos used to be that way as well. You put up videos, great. You're just minting money. But nowadays, there are no more magic bullets. There's only table stakes. So it's no longer a case of if I do this, I'm going to do better than my competitor. What it is is if I don't do it, I'm going to fall behind my competition. Because um, as an example, something that I haven't even mentioned yet is the base of, uh, uh, of uh, internet marketing, I kind of mentioned it, is websites. But websites as a source of leads, not just as a, here's my address, here's a link, click on this, you can get your tenant login, you can pay your rent and stuff like that. Uh, And I'll also show you my vacancy feed. But as an idea that people would be going to your site to find out more about you, because it's coming back to what we were talking about before, the growth of the internet and it being everywhere. And now that it's in everybody's hands, people are used to going, oh, what's Joni, Joni Mitchell's fifth album, right? They can just look up everything, including it's easier to go online and find an online review than it is to actually dial somebody, get a hold of them and say, Hey, do you know a property manager? Word of mouth is still the best thing, but once upon a time, that was all you had. You didn't have a lot of options for researching. You just go to the, uh, go to the yellow pages. Where were you going to, where were you going to get information on, on how good a property manager was or wasn't? 
you'd, you'd have to interview people. You'd have to call the property managers. You'd have to talk to each of them. And, and let's face it, people don't have a lot of time. They don't want to talk to 15. They'll talk to two or three maybe. Mm-hmm. But now, now you can go online. You can go, you can start by looking at how many reviews they've got. You could start by looking at how many times tenants have complained about them and make a decision on that. But where do you go from there? You're going to go to their website. Once upon a time, you would just, again, it would just show you, here's where I'm located. Now people want to know. They expect to be able to find out about you. And not just what you're selling, who you are, where you came from, why you do what you do. We still don't have this a lot in the, in the property management industry. But if you think about Coca-Cola, one of the biggest brands in the world, Coca-Cola is all about the image, the emotion about what it means to drink sugar water, you know? Um, carbonated. Carbonated, sorry. Carbonated sugar water, exactly. Um, so for them, it's all about connecting to an emotion and, and getting you to engage with the brand. That has to happen for smaller and smaller companies now. Who are you? What, do you? what are you selling? Why are you a property manager? Why should I work with you? How do you do what you do? Why do you do it that way? These are things that people want to know now. They expect to know that now. And even when I started nine years ago, that wasn't expected. Um, so we were doing content marketing, as we still are, where we're, we're targeting pain points, because that's what people look up. That's the other thing. You went from at the yellow pages and the beginning of the internet, you're typing in property manager Richmond, because that's, that's what you know. Now, since people are used to solving their problems by going online and finding an answer, it's gone over to, I, I need to, you know, I have a terrible a tenant. tenant. How do I get a good tenant? Exactly. Mm-hmm. We were always harping on this. And it's only become more true over time that that's what people do. The smallest thing, how do I unclog a toilet? They go to the internet first and they don't go straight to the yellow pages, find a plumber. They first go to the internet and see if it's something that someone can tell me how to do. And so um, talking about consumer behavior and how big of a change it's been since, you know, you started, it seems Mm -hmm. like... um, it's still taking a while for the industry to kind of catch up to the completely different um, customer behavior of like doing extra research online before even picking up the phone, kind of like going, um, attacking a problem a different way than they used to. Because before, right, like the, I think the way people thought of solving a problem before was you ask your friends how to do this and someone's going to say, just hire a property manager. And then you literally have a phone book and you just look at the property managers and you you call them. If they have ads on the yellow pages, then you kind of check it out and you're like, hey, if they can afford an ad, maybe they're like, you know, kind of legit. You go to their website. Mm-hmm. It it the website used to be this kind of a proof that you're like legit, but mm-hmm. now it's like having a website isn't enough to prove that you're legit, right? It's almost like there are so many other factors mm-hmm. that people consider. Like you have to have a presence in social media, right? Like exactly. how many times have you tried to do research on a company that has a really slick website and then you check them out and they don't really have a Google My Business page and they don't have a Facebook and then alarm bells start Yeah, going is this off. a real company? Am yeah. I going to get scammed? People will do anything to not pick up the phone and call anybody nowadays. Think of it this way. When people first put up web pages, it was a place you could put your phone number and address so people could get a hold of you. Because 
people weren't even like email hadn't even had full now certainly by the time we started in 2012 email was a big thing but when the internet was first going on you would go there to um you know to uh to get in touch with somebody and for instance oh can you you know mail me a brochure could you fax me something now it's supposed to be on the website right that's definitely a, a huge one there um and also yellow pages that we sort of said that's it's practically gone completely away but the concept is still there for instance Google My Business. These guys are they're pushing Google My Business a lot. Google has tried to and successfully taken the place of yellow pages for people looking up information, but beyond, of course, what they used to have in the yellow pages. So uh, we still see, however, companies that are not actually doing that. Where they're not, uh, they don't have their information up there, or if they do have it up there, it's not uh, it's not accurate. It's not up to date. Really, like quite frankly, like. COVID has shown this. If you're not going to be open certain hours, the first thing you should do is go to go to your Google My Business page and change your opening hours because people are using that. I use it myself. Well, and to add on to that, due to COVID, Google has allowed consumers to make changes more heavily weight the changes because consumers have always been able to recommend changes to listings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now in the last year or nine months, whatever it is, you see more businesses getting marked as permanently closed um, or temporarily closed when they didn't make that change to their listing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's- Yeah. And the ability for people to go into um, uh, like Yelp users say this place is closed. If you're not controlling that, if you're not controlling that message, then they are. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody drives by and you happen to be closed because you've got shortened hours due to COVID, if you haven't updated your website or your Google My Business and put on there you have special COVID hours, someone may come in and claim that you're closed or something like that. Or expect that you're open when you're not, get mad, put up a bad review, and there you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the other big changes, of course, is to social media itself. When we first started in, in uh, 2012, Facebook was around, absolutely, uh, but people weren't interfacing it with it in the same way that they are now. And even the things that you can do on Facebook have changed. Uh, and a lot of this is due to the backlash against privacy problems that you've had. Uh, Cambridge Analytics, of course, was a source of data for uh, for Facebook. And you used to be able to, and this isn't at the very beginning when we started, but like after we started getting into Facebook and trying out the campaigns, they could do things like, I want to, uh, um, well, my favorite example was, was from the real estate side, not from the property management side. We went to one of the Inman conferences and they said one of the things you could choose on Facebook is I want to uh, uh, get in front of consumers that are six months away from buying a house. That they had the data there that was fairly accurate that they could tell from your search history and what you were looking at and saying on Facebook if you were going to be moving or buying a house within the next six months. Now, then there was the backlash. Cambridge Analytics did a... a you know, did some pretty shady things and Facebook pulled away from them, severely limited the kinds of data that you can target with. And so we're actually sort of backwards in that day from, uh, from that day back then when you could target on anything. Mm-hmm. But the other things that you can do now and that are more prevalent, I talked earlier about how banner ads weren't successful because people weren't clicking on them. Eventually, the internet said, fine, you're not clicking on it, but you are reading it. You're seeing it. So what can we do 
with those impressions. And that's when they started pushing remarketing and retargeting. So now I can't get data from Cambridge Analytics that's going to say, you know, are you, or sorry, I can't get that through Facebook that says you're going to buy a house in six months. But what I can do is I can put something on my website that if you happen to go to my web uh, home sales page or whatever it is, it'll trigger Google ads that show up in front of you, reminding you of me, putting my name in front of you. I'm not expecting necessarily for the click to go through, but when we've all seen this, we go, especially it's Christmas time. We go, we look up something for somebody, and then all of a sudden, you just keep getting pictures of that. This is something that we can leverage now today, too. It wasn't done back then, but they figured out, sure, they're not going to click, but the image is still there. The image is still worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, John, what I'm picking up from everything you're sharing is that consumers um, don't just um, buy based on like different signals as before, but it seems like they also have like a longer like process to determine because whereas before you kind of have this idea in your head i have to call a property manager you check out a few company names and then you call them and then you probably call like three or something and then you just make a decision based on how it feels on the phone or maybe now you don't that, make any decision yeah maybe you just you push it off right you're like hmm, i'm not ready to commit right now let me just i'll keep managing it or i'll keep using the manager i have mm -hmm. or whatever and then you forget about it, right? But now, um, you know, everyone's online. So even if an owner may have backburnered that decision to hire a property management company, um, there are ways to kind of like keep inceptioning them and yes. reminding them. And remember also, when you think about positioning your company, who you are, what you're selling, one of the things you have to do is what are the competitive alternatives to using me. And it is not just about going to Bob property manage, Bob's property management up the street. Competition to you, and this is well known, they could sell their house. Yeah. But they could do nothing with the house. You know, they could have a relative take care of it. But definitely do nothing is a competitive alternative. So when you are doing your advertising, this is one of the things that you've got to think about. Don't just try and compare yourself to the people down the street. You're comparing yourself to why you should be doing this in the first place. Not every, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not every brand has this problem, but definitely property managers have this problem. And so thinking about all the different competitive alternatives there are to your services is an important thing to do. And also include on your website messages for the different people that have come there for different reasons. And when they're doing that, this is again, once upon a time, people would come in and they would hit your homepage first, like all the time. But nowadays, with what we know about the internet and the better kinds of search that there are. So remember, back in the day when you're using Yahoo and even early Google, um, tags, it was about tagging and stuff like that. And everybody was manipulating the SEO by using tags to direct them, usually to their homepage. But now with modern SEO and the modern algorithms that search, engine use, search engines use, they're also likely to be directed to sub-pages that are more specific to what the person is looking up. So you can have literally an answer for each of the competitive alternatives out there. And since people are looking up their problems, not necessarily you, then you, you tailor the problems, you tailor the pages to the problems of the particular person that's using a competitive alternative or considering a competitive alternative. Yeah, I, I really like that insight, which I think deserves a lot of um, attention because with this whole shift of people living half their lives online, right? Um, 
Google has now become a verb. Like mm -hmm. Google that. Let me Google that for you. Mm -hmm. And so with that shift in the way we live, mm -hmm. um, also becomes this whole concept of, oh, I don't need help because I can Google anything. Like yes. I can Google how to find yes. a tenant. I can Google how to, you know, um, fix a toilet. Like. Brittany, your landlord, trying to <laughs> fix your plumbing problem. Um, and so there's this kind of false sense of security that, oh, I can figure it out because I can Google anything. Yep. Um, and so I feel like to your point, John, um, a, a big shift that property managers have to accept is self-managing has always been um, a fact like people could could have always self-managed but I feel like now people have more courage to do it because of all the information out there and so it's on you you know the professional property management company to then highlight to these owners why they should still hire a professional even if they can quote google everything because again mm -hmm. property management is not just about collecting rent and fixing toilets yeah but then if you think about yeah, 20 years ago, you say landlord, and you put that in somebody's mm -hmm. head. You're, depending on your community, of course, but generally speaking, at least for me, it would go to, I get the picture of some guy in a polo shirt that would be coming to my house because I'm, you know, college or whatever it was, and fixing this or fixing that. So whether they worked for a property manager, they're doing it themselves. It was a case of the property manager was a handyman. Right, it was was a person that took the rent, but was there to fix things. Um, and so, if I was going to be, and I was actually back in nineteen uh, uh, in two thousand, it was actually, I moved from Vegas to Silicon Valley, and I rented my house out to a friend. And my dad took care of the house for me. What really all he had to do is collect rent, fix things every once in a while. And this is the beginnings. Again, Google was founded, what was it, 2003, just a couple of years later. You, Yahoo, uh, Excite are huge at that time. I had no idea property managers even existed. I wouldn't have had my dad do it if I could have you know, had somebody, a professional do it. I might still have that house today because the story ended as inevitably. My dad and uh, you know, eventually became too much of a hassle. He didn't want to do it anymore. But my picture was, I'm, you know, my dad, of course, is a handy guy. He was doing that, but that was the picture in my head. Nowadays, even if you're not handy, the fact that you can look anything up on the internet is probably making a number of people figure that they can do it when they can't. Because like, oh, all I got to do, I, I know how to get a plumber. I go to Yelp and I have them take care of it. They think that they can do it because the information is there. Um, which is why when I have our clients put out that information, the subtext of it is always, you don't want to do this, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so you're right. There may be more people out there that are aware of managing properties or maybe wanting to manage properties, but more people probably also think that they can do it. Think of just how huge an, huge an industry online education is. Uh, like the explosion of that, uh, master class where you can, you know, learn to be a filmmaker from Scorsese himself and stuff like that. People, people think that this is valid, that they could run a whole bunch of houses that way. And, and they can until the problems happen. You know, to kind of scale it back, mm -hmm. what are kind of um, action oriented things that property managers, our listeners could do to help them kind of plan out their marketing for 2020 and 21 and beyond 
kind of after hearing all these changes that have shifted, the changes that have happened in the industry and knowing that, you know, it's always going to be changing. So having a systematic reputation management process in place is important. You have to have your reviews be good, right? They're not all going to be good, but you have to get your stars up. You have to ever, you have to be on that because even more now than once upon a time, people are just going straight to those stars. So you could have an automated process like four and a half cells, or as a number of people do, you could be, you could do it manually and it takes time, but one way or another, you cannot ignore it because let's say you, great, I got 50 reviews, five stars. I'm doing great. Now, if you don't stay on top of that sooner or later, that's going to drop and, or you're going to be overtaken by the people that you're competing against. Because again, it's table stakes. It's not, I'm going to do this and I'm going to beat people. It is, I have to keep up with the Joneses now. So you absolutely, that's, it's, it's even more important now than it was before. Talking about what your website is, your website has to be more than it was back in the day. Once upon a time, you could rank for property management just by being a property manager and having a page that says I'm a property manager. You're just going to sink and sink and sink. You have to be you have to be having content on that page. You have to add content to that site to attract visitors and to keep them on the, on the site. And this is, and it, it, it can't be overstated. Over the years, as I said before, like once upon a time, SEO meant putting tags, literally like we call them hashtags now, but tags like that on web pages that would make it so that Google Yelp, sorry, Google Yahoo, Excite, you would find them that way. Yeah, uh, the, the, the Excite, that's how they would find you because you tagged it. Then, as the algorithms got better and better, spearheaded by Google, that it's looking at the actual content of the sites. They had to keep changing. Google's always changing the way that it, it does what it does. And this is something that, that you know, you, you hear, uh, actually, another important thing, what can you do or what can you not do? Be very suspicious of SEO companies. Somebody that goes in and tells you that I'm an SEO company. Nobody knows exactly what Google is ranking you for. And things that you do now that help you rank that are shady will hurt you later. The people that spammed tags once upon a time, they got dinged. The people that spammed backlinks once upon a time, they get dinged. The only thing that we do know is Google says have relevant content that people want to see on your website. And that has always been true. And that's one of the reasons we did content marketing back in the day and still do it now. That is the only thing that we know for certain is what goes on behind the scenes there. Because besides it, if Google actually came to the SEO community and said, here's how you be number one on Google, everybody would be doing the same thing. We'd all know. And, and we don't. So that's you have to be adding the content to the site. That's the only thing that that can get you high enough and uh, uh, keep you keep you afloat. You're treading water with it now. You're trying to get forward, but if you don't do it, you're just going to sink. 
And what about these things that you mentioned? So you mentioned important things um, that people should be doing right now. Is there some type of checklist that property management companies can go through to kind of audit their marketing strategies annually? Like what should I look at each year to make sure it's still working with for me or, or each quarter, each six months, whatever it is? Well, you, you bring up a good point. Yeah. So from a property manager's point of view, what is it that they have? How do they know that it's working? Right. Um, first of all, if you're looking at it on an every month basis, you're making a mistake because actually the changes in marketing don't necessarily happen that quickly. Yes, there can be a change in Google's algorithm and you could drop really quickly. That, that is something that can happen. But generally speaking, this is something that you have to look at like looking at it annually or every six months is a good way of looking at how have we done over the last number amount of time. But the interest in property management as a whole changes over the course of the year. It's at its peak in the summertime. It's at its lowest in the Christmas time era. So it's always going up and down. So if, if today I look and say, listen, I'm getting no, I'm getting no action right now. I'm getting no leads. I was getting a ton of leads in August. I should make some radical changes. That's a big mistake because there are absolutely seasonal variances in how this goes. But if you say, I'm doing less business this year than I did last year at this time, or the year before that at this time, now you're thinking of something and making some, some kind of changes. And again, constant updates, constant changes, iterating your website to see what gets you a little bit of extra leads or whatever, that's the way to go, not vast changes or, or something like that, making last minute stuff. Um, so, yeah, how many leads are am I getting is one, but the quality of those leads, how long does it take them to close? Um, are I, this is, this is the area between marketing and sales is those leads that came in, how many of my closing and or how long is it taking for me to convert them? You And what are it, you doing to and, help them convert? True. Uh, one of the things that I was just reading and, and, uh, uh, and watching a, a, a TED talk on, it was very interesting, is that the, we, we used to think, we think of multitasking and time management was the most important thing. But now, attention management is the most important mm -hmm. thing. And you have so many things competing for your attention. As I've been speaking with you for the past 30 seconds, the buzzer on my phone has been going off. I don't know what it is, but it's trying to steal my attention. It's trying to steal my attention. And the Apple Watch, that's My Apple too. Watch has been dinging this entire time. And I was like, yeah. I should have put this on airplane mode. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we are with these, every time it's like the YouTube guy says, hey, subscribe and get your notifications. You are giving away your attention. And it is very difficult for you to remain focused and do what you want to do if your attention is being stolen away by something that you didn't plan. Once upon a time, you know, the phone could ring, sure, but you can take the phone off the hook or whatever, that's not happening. So how, what does this have to do with marketing? Marketing's job now, quite frankly, is to get somebody's attention. You get somebody's attention, but then once you have that attention, what do you do with it? It can't just be a blurb uh, or a, uh, a sale or something like that. If they have no connection with you, remember, people are used to doing all this uh, um, uh, research now, and it's, it's also not about, again, what you're selling, but how are you presenting it to me? Why do you do what you do? Uh, how, you know, how did you get to what you did? There are things that people what's are asking. What's in it for me? What's, right? you know, what's the value to me? 
great. What do, what do you get for me? So marketing and all of these things I'm talking about now is in the biggest change you could say, if we want to boil this down to what is the biggest change between when I even started in 2012 and now is that there are more things trying to steal your attention online. And so trying to get in there is a big thing. So going broad, posting some stuff on, on the different social media networks, which we haven't talked a lot about, but they're also now getting so hyper-specific on what they do and what they offer and how you're interacting with them. Facebook, even without the data thing, isn't the same. They're, it's it's more much more video now. Think of TikTok. When when first when I first heard about that, I'm like, just they're just these short, tiny videos. Who's going to watch that? Shows you how wrong I was. But uh, Pinterest, basically, it's only pictures. It's very very specific as to what people are doing, and each of those things is trying to get people's attention. So trying to get people's attention, showing your value, and getting them to come to your website and interact with you and proving that value there is important because all of these things are the way people want to interact. They don't want to, I mean, some people still want to, if they're going to give you a call, they're going to give you a call. But a lot of people, they're not going to give you a call until they've basically already made up their mind. Mm -hmm. You need to grab people's attention with what they want, what speaks to them, Mm -hmm. not just what services you yeah. have that they may need. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's about the, it's about the viewer. It's not about you. You are not the, uh, the story brand. We're doing story brand marketing for a number of our clients now. And one of the important things that they talk about there is that if your marketing is talking about how you're the hero, you're going to lose. The marketing should be about how the customer is the hero and you are the guide that's going to help them win whatever they want to win in the story that is their life. And it's, it's very good because it ties into modern SEO where what are we talking about in this story? We're talking about the client, who they are, what their problems are, what your plan is for starving those problems because these are all things that are being looked up. Think about once upon a time, if you had a yellow page ad you put on there, maybe you want to put on their five point guarantee. Nowadays, the guarantee, it doesn't mean as much. People don't trust them anymore, anything like that. Um, you shouldn't have to give me a guarantee because you should just be doing it right from the first point and you don't have to guarantee me anything. Yeah, uh, Starbucks so, had one where they were like, if we get your drink wrong, we'll remake it for free. I'm like, aren't you just supposed to do that? Yeah, aren't you like, supposed to do default? it right? <laughs> exactly. So so what do people? What are people interested in? I'm not interested in you and your services. I'm interested in what you were going to mean to me. So the beauty of that is you can do that so much better online than you can. You could never do that on the yellow pages. You couldn't do it on a TV ad, really. Well, you can, a TV, but those are so expensive. But you're not going to do it on a billboard. You're not going to do it on a bus ad. You're not going to be able to uh, capture people's attention like that. So now, capturing people's attention, bringing them in, getting them involved, and telling them how you're going to add to their life or what you're going to mean to them, even in the case, it, it may sound stupid when I'm saying this about a property management company, what you're going to add to their life, no, that's that is literally what people are thinking about now. And what are you gonna what are you gonna add to my life now? Or take away. Like let's face it, property management, convenience. You can take away hassle, you're gonna make me feel happier. You I'm not gonna have to argue with a tenant about uh, uh, me owing the money for a security deposit. These are things that I care about and I'm gonna be looking those up. Yeah, all good tips. Well, thank you so much, John, for sharing with our audience um, all those insights and that wisdom from your <laughs> nine years plus, you know, doing owner marketing for property managers. 
Thank you very much for having me on, finally.